there, it's Megan and Hillary, and this is More Booze, Please. And today's episode is all about the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, because today is World Sasquatch Awareness Day. So we are here to make you super aware of the Sasquatch in all of her glory. Ooh, all her glory. <laughs> to her? Mm. I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> World Sasquatch Day. Awareness Day, guys. Not even just Sasquatch Day. It's Awareness Day. So if you're going camping, be aware. It's the best uh, yes. best thing. Um, just so you guys know, major troubleshooting for this episode, might we add. <laughs> yes. I think we just had freaking recording set up from hell. Literally, Hillary's mic didn't work. She finally got it fixed after like, I don't know, five, ten minutes of like troubleshooting and all of a sudden, my computer just starts freezing. So, here we are. This is where we're at. But we're here. Slightly we made annoyed. It. But <laughs> I feel like that's on par with the Sasquatch. I feel like the Sasquatch yeah. just walks around slightly annoyed all the time. So, we're just channeling <laughs> our inner Bigfoot. Inner Bigfoot. So, back to what we were talking about. Also, isn't it, what, 10 days until Halloween at this point? I know. Days? Where are we at? Like, we're getting super close. Yeah, so it's just it's super exciting. <laughs> Guys, my computer just like decided to freeze again while I'm trying to um, you know, record this stuff. So that's why we just sounded very irritated again. Okay. Smiles, <laughs> happiness, recording, podcasts, good energies, good vibes, Sasquatches, put it out there, put it into the universe, good vibes only, good vibes only, good vibes only, okay. <laughs> All right. <sighs> okay. So we are so. bringing awareness to the fact that mm-hmm. y'all have nothing to worry about with the Sasquatches because they are friends, not foes. True. Or as like, you know, what's his name in Finding Nemo? Fish are friends, not food. Yeah, that's what I thought about too when he said that. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> Humans are friends, not food, Mr. Mrs. Sasquatch. Don't eat me. Well, I mean, as I was like researching the Sasquatch, I kind of feel like that's their motto. So we'll get more into that. But I agree with that statement. <clears throat> so there's been a lot of sightings, um, especially in the United States mm-hmm. with Bigfoot and the Sasquatch, whatever. Do you call him Sasquatch or do you call him Bigfoot? I think I call him Bigfoot. I call him Bigfoot too. Maybe it's like but, a maybe it's like where you're at thing, like where you live. Maybe. Maybe. Like so, if you're listening to this, tell us what you call them. Are they Sasquatches? Are they Bigfoot? Are they a Yeti? Is a Yeti and a Sasquatch the same thing? I don't think so. Are Yeti the more like northern version of a Sasquatch? Yeti, you know, like the polar bear versus snowman. black bear. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like polar I, bear, grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good, but to me, like, the Yeti's mean. Yetis are, like, really mean. Oh, yeah. If I think about a Yesley, yes- yes- <laughs> what? <laughs> if I think about a Yeti, I think about, it, like, getting ripped in half. If I think about yeah. a Sasquatch, I think about it being like, oops, saw you, bye. Walking just, like, really <laughs> fast beside me. <laughs> <laughs> if only a Yeti in the, like, Olympic sport where they, like, do speed walking, uh, a yeti would, or not a yeti? Gosh, a big, big squatch. <laughs> <laughs> the big right. squatch. 
that is what his name is going to be the rest of the episode is Big, Big Squash. I did read something, though, when I was researching about different times that people have claimed to see Bigfoot around. A lot of people actually find them swimming, and apparently they swim with, like, frog legs. You know, like, frogs <laughs> swim. They swim the same what? way. Yeah. Bigfoot never actually learned how to swim. He just kind of goes for it and tries. So, yes. um, we're going to talk about first kind of, like, where Sasquatch Bigfoot is is seen. So, um, should we start from the bottom up, like, the, the least seen state yeah, and then the most... Let's have, like, a dramatic buildup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, although he's probably seen in all 50 states, maybe minus Hawaii and Alaska. I feel like he wouldn't be out there. But in the lower 48, he's probably been sighted in all the states, but these are, like, the top 10 that he's been seen in. So, last place is Missouri. There's been 154 sightings of Bigfoot. Mm Mm-hmm. And next is Michigan, your old stomping grounds. I know. Old home. With 220 sightings. And Texas with 246. And Oregon with 254, which I was surprised Oregon wasn't higher on the list. I know, because it's super close to the other, the number one spot. Yeah. Illinois with 296. Ohio with 302. Florida with 328, which is insane because that's like all the way on the other side of the like the country. Yeah. California with 445. And the number one spot, good old Washington with 676 sightings. Mm-hmm. And these are just sightings that are like reported. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's been like way more than this of people like, did I really see that or... Am I imagining things? So these numbers seem low, but when you look at a map and you can look them up online and they'll have like different states according to like most sightings and least sightings. We pulled up one. My hometown or my home state has 98 sightings, which was actually kind of surprising to me because Alabama is pretty wooded. And I actually know people who've claimed to see Bigfoot. Hmm. Yeah. Around here, they call him the beast. Oh, mm-hmm. yee. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, the story that I heard is the person claimed to, like, they were out hunting, and they claimed that they saw this, like, ape-like man run across the field and pick up a deer with his mouth and keep running. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Washington State has almost 700 reported sightings. So my main question about all of these sightings is that we have very few pictures of them. And I guess it's because people are, like, really nervous when it happens or they're caught off guard. But, like, why are all the pictures fuzzy? Why? I know. Why? Why? Why are He's all the pictures fuzzy? He's been around for fuzzy? so long. You would think we'd have a good one of him. By now, he needs to have, like, a high-def picture, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But one thing that I read a lot is that there's no physical evidence of Bigfoot's existence. And so a lot of people tend to believe that Bigfoot is just made up, mostly because remains aren't just laying around in the woods from previous Sasquatches. But this doesn't mean that there isn't physical evidence. According to the Bigfoot Researchers Organization, there is more physical evidence than most people realize. 
Physical evidence is found every month in various areas across the country. Distinct tracks that do not match any other animal tracks, hairs that match each other but do not match any other wild animals, and large scats that could not be made by any known species are all physical evidence. The presence or absence of physical remains is a wholly different matter. Physical remains means body parts or fossils or things like that. Though mammals may leave tracks and hairs behind, they don't leave body parts behind very often. Body parts of mammals are only available when they die. This availability of physical remains is initially determined by population size and lifespan. A rare species with a long lifespan may leave very little physical remains, collectively, for humans to find. The probability of humans actually finding and collecting and identifying those remains before they are completely reabsorbed into the biomass complicates the physical remains as evidence equation dramatically. But I have to say, before I really started doing this research, I thought Bigfoot was this, like, huge creature running around and, like, causing havoc. I thought he was, like, 13 or 14 foot tall. I thought he was just, like, huge. Massive. Yeah, and so I was like, how can he, like, just vanish so quickly? He's so big. So it was a little jarring to read that he's only described to be around seven foot tall. Like, I I don't know why that makes me uneasy to think about, but it just, it wasn't what I pictured him to be. So now I understand how, like, it's easier for him to hide quickly because he's not that big. Like, he's big, but he's not that big. And in the 1800s, when gossip began to spread about a reoccurring sighting of an ape man in the American West, most Native American tribes already had their own legends surrounding the perplexing creatures. Tribes across North America have a total of more than 60 different terms for the Sasquatch. And most of the Native American legends are told by tribes of the Pacific Northwest region, like Northern California, Western Oregon, and that area. I did look up what the Chickasaw tribes believed because that's, like, who lives in my area, like, southeastern-ish area, and they describe the Flotha, which is an ogre-like monster, and his name means flayed or skinned his victims. They called him, like, the the skinner and stuff like that. Um, in the legends that they would tell, he attempts to abduct Chickasaw women, and he is described as a giant and sometimes large, hairy, and smelly man, and that leads some people to associate him with the Bigfoot legend. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, thinking about it, and if we've had, like, this knowledge that he's been around for so long, why haven't we tried to catch one? So I started looking up Sasquatch traps. And the world only has one Sasquatch trap, and it's located in Oregon. And it was built in 1974 by the North American Wildlife Research Team. In the area, local miner claimed to see 18-inch footprints, and they were similar to shape of humans. So the trap is 10 foot by 10 foot square, and it's just built using thick slabs of wood with like metal bands and it's secured down with a telephone pole and for six years after building the trap the research team would go back and fill like carcasses of dead animals hoping the monster would just like i guess go in and then like the door would close and then he would be trapped but to me if he's like seven eight foot tall and he's like this huge creature i don't think a 10 foot 
trap is going to keep him. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like he could just break out of that, even if they did catch him. So, with this trap, it it was set off um, usually by, like, an angry bear or, in one instance, a confused hunter. And in 1980, the hatch was locked open because the trap was becoming such a safety hazard for local hunters. Okay, so Sasquatches seen running make up about 10% of all sightings. It is believed that their top speed maxes out about 40 miles per hour. Um, there was even an article about a man in Michigan that was hunting and out of nowhere got a whiff of a really awful smell. When he took a few more steps, he came up on a sleeping Bigfoot. Where was the photo? Yeah. Where that was would, the photo? That would be my first instinct, is to, like, get photo. my photo. It's time for a TikTok Sasquatch. <laughs> Anytime I go, like, hiking, camping, I'm wearing a freaking body cam the whole time, and I'm going to just film everything. I'm going to have a little <laughs> GoPro on me, and that way, if the Sasquatch happens, I'm going to be the first person to get an actual real photo. I'm going to take a photo with him. I'm going to say, yo, smile <laughs> for the gram. Do it Anyways, for the gram. Do it for the gram, Bigfoot, Big Squatch. Big street squatch. name. <laughs> His street name's Big Squatch. <laughs> uh, another interesting fact about um, what has been observed, observed in Sasquatch hunting is their ability to remain disciplined. Instead of tactics found in bears like tearing apart campsites, backpacks, and ice boxes, Sasquatches are known to stack rocks and leave their hunting grounds very tidy. Another thing that has been repeatedly observed among the Sasquatches is that if food is left out, for them in the wilderness, they will bring it back what observers believe as gifts. Things such as small rocks, dog skulls, plants, and even live animals like turtles, kittens, and kid goats. That's so sweet. That's- yeah, he is a clean a clean little monster, <laughs> and he also says thank you to food. Yes, and that's what makes me think, like, he's not, like, a grizzly bear. He's not just going to tear you apart if you get too close. Like, they He's really probably more scared friends. of us than... We are of him. Maybe. Or maybe he just doesn't care at all. True. So, I I think it's time to talk about the FBI. Because <laughs> last year, the U.S. government released Bigfoot's FBI file on June 5th, 2019. And you can Google this. You can literally just Google it. And I went through the documents. I saw pictures of what was in the file, like, This is public record. Like, you can go and find all the things that I'm about to talk about. So, in the file, there were news headline clippings from, like, the New York Times. There was correspondence with Peter Bryan in the 70s and 15 hairs and skin believed to come from Bigfoot. In 1977, the FBI examined the 15 hairs and sent a letter stating... Dear Mr. Curtis, the hairs which you recently delivered to the FBI laboratory on behalf of the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition have been examined by a transmitted incident light. The examination included a study of characteristics such as root structure and cuticle thickness in addition to scale cast. Also, the hairs were compared directly with hairs of known origin under a comparison microscope. It was concluded as a result of these examinations that the hairs are of deer family origin. The hair sample you submitted is being returned as an enclosure to this letter. Sincerely yours, Jay Cochran Jr., Assistant Director of the FBI. Mr. Curtis, who the letter was sent to, replied in a different letter that Peter was in Nepal and would give all correspondence to him when he returned. 
Over 40 years later, Peter never received word back from the FBI. However, documents filed by the FBI indicate that they did try to respond via Mr. Curtis, which is the letter I just read. From what I can tell about Peter, he's still alive, and he's 94 years old today, and he still searches the woods for Bigfoot. He was and still is known as the Monster Hunter. In the 1970s, he ran the Bigfoot Information Center. Now, this is a long time to be dedicated and passionate about something, especially when you find out that he says that he himself has never seen Bigfoot. He is solely driven to find answers because he has heard strange noises in the woods and he has interviewed many people about their experiences. He has been in search of unidentifiable creatures since 1960, where he spent three years in the Himalaya in Nepal in search of the Yeti, which is funny because we were just talking about the Yeti. The next person I'm going to talk about is one of the top 100 tallest women in the United States and top 200 in the world, which is according to her website. And she's also spent most of her life in search of Bigfoot. Betty Cook of Idaho. Her story begins when she was working for the Intermountain Farm and Ranch and was sent to do a story on hunting on horseback. Through this encounter, she actually found that the man she was interviewing had just had a brief encounter with Bigfoot. First, she said she didn't really believe in Sasquatches roaming the world. However, it now seems to be an undeniable fact to her because she's interviewed many people on their experiences and has even gone on to write three books on the topic. She has now recorded and written more than 300 stories from interviews on encounters with Bigfoot. What I found most interesting about Betty Cook is that she believes to have found a common denominator between people who have seen Bigfoot. She has found that about 70% of cases have been on people that have had near-death experiences. This is perhaps why they are able to see the Bigfoot. There are theories that Bigfoot walks through portals, and that's why he vanishes so quickly. Maybe it takes people being so close to the other side that they unlock this ability to see portals and what is going through them. I mean, I feel like this is along the lines of people seeing loved ones that have passed when they are close to death. If you think about it. There's this show, and people are going to think I'm so lame, but the whole preface of, like, the whole series right now is um, how somehow this, like, monster thing is able to absorb, uh, like, uh, fairy tale creatures. And when it does that, it completely erases these fairy tale creatures from whatever. But they go to, like, this almost, like, abyss portal thing that can be reached and it kind of makes me think of that. Like, maybe, like, if it's a near-death experience, maybe it's, like, this almost, like, portal mm-hmm. that can be reached during this near-death experience. And that, like, I don't know. Maybe he's stuck yeah. there. Maybe he's a monster of the portal. Maybe he's, like, you know. The gatekeeper. That's his home. Yeah, he's on, like, another. Oh, gatekeeper's mm-hmm. a good thing. But that would also make sense why Florida is on the list of all those states. Because if there's just portals, he could just walk straight to Florida. That is true. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Overall, Cook believes that Bigfoot are harmless and typically only appear as aggressive if you're caught doing something you shouldn't be doing. And that is the common agreement that I found over most of the cases that I researched. Bigfoot is harmless, not aggressive, and definitely seems to be a human ally. They seem to be very independent thinkers, and I feel like that's why we don't see much of them. They just, they don't need us, and they seem to... to just not rely on us at all. 
I think A, there's just not many of them left, and B, their survival instincts are just a lot like ours. And I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't think that anybody should like go messing with a Bigfoot if you see one. Like, don't try and like take a selfie with it because I can't say this for <laughs> sure, but this is just how I feel about them. Don't take a selfie with the Bigfoot per Hillary. Yes. Got it. I mean, why not? There's so many things in the world that are, like, still have never been, like, discovered. Like, what is the percentage of, like, the ocean that's never been discovered? It's, like, something crazy. Like, 90% of the ocean still has yet to be, like, seen by man. Mm -hmm. So, who knows? I'm sure we haven't discovered every single animal that's on Earth. I mean, of course, Bigfoot's, like, a, a really large one. But who knows? Maybe he's a last existing thing, creature, whatever. Of some kind of, like, magical thing that doesn't exist anymore. I could also see them, like, living underground. True. Maybe they're underground. There's, like, thousands of them. Like, um, like, uh, what's that? Bug story? What is it? A bug's life? No, because those are the ants. <laughs> they do live underground. <laughs> um, um, Maleficent, when she finds, like, her whole, like, have you seen Maleficent 2? No. Aw. Good movie. It's actually really good. Have you seen the first Maleficent? Yeah, I think, I think, I thought I watched it with you. Did I not? Did we see that in the theaters? I think we did. I think we did. With your mom? Mm -hmm. I think we did too. Um, the second one is all about how she finds out she's actually not the only, like, whatever she is, like, fairy thing. There's actually more of them and they actually all live underground and it's like this whole, like, crazy like world underground of all these creatures that maleficent is so anyways um on to my story so my story takes place in the north cascades national park in you guessed it washington state the north cascades national park is home to more than 500,000 acres of land and the region was first settled by the paleo indian native americans um and then by the time the European Americans had arrived, the Paleo Indians had already made this their home. It was widely visited by fur trappers um, and was one site said to be most visited by the so-called Bigfoot is Okanogan County, which is just two hours east of North Cascades. I include that because it's kind of crazy how all over the place Bigfoot is. And then I was trying to see out of like the the most visited places or the most places seen by Bigfoot, what counties they are or where they are in Washington mm -hmm. compared to my story. And the closest one was Okanogan County. And then the other two were like six and seven hours away or something like crazy like that, which now that Hillary mentioned a portal, it's kind of interesting to think that maybe that's how he gets around. But also I want to know, like, why does he like Washington so much or her, them, they like, why? What is it, Washington, that they like? I mean, Washington's really green, and I feel like there's a lot of places to hide. That's true. That is true. So this is a story about um, this guy going on a trip to go hunt some um, wolves. I was once deep in the North Cascades with a group of wildlife trackers looking for a wolf pack that was rumored to be in the area. <laughs> First of all, I think it's crazy that he's freaking looking for wolves. <laughs> That's first off. I have had a very close encounter with what I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure are wolves. Mm. And let me tell you, I freaking after that night, I carried a <clears throat> um 
air horn on me because I was so freaking terrified. I've come face to face, literally, guys, with coyotes. And I know what you're thinking. It's just a coyote. It's not a wolf. It's still fucking scary. Mm -hmm. So when you come face to face with a freaking coyote and, like, a whole bunch of children and you have to pick what to do, save the kids or run away. <laughs> run. Your job depends on it. Just run. <laughs> Unfortunately, I said, mm, gotta save the kids. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this. Okay, kids, run. Okay, anyways. Um, it was February and the snow was extremely deep. So the going was slow, even with snowshoes. A few days into our trek, we heard the pack howling in the distance and all stayed up late listening. It was past two o'clock and most everyone had gone to their tents except for me and the other person. We were putting out the fire when we heard footsteps approaching. I assumed it was a member of our party, but whoever it was stopped just beyond what my eyes could make out of the dark. I shined my flashlight towards the noise, and the beam landed on a pair of reflective green eyes about a meter off the ground. I merely thought it was a cougar, as they are known to occupy the area and have the sort of eyes that would look green and reflective at night. I haven't seen a cougar before, but have come across the same place, a mountain lion, didn't see it, heard it screaming, mm -hmm. Almost shit myself. Mountain lion screaming that is, is the, the worst sound ever. Scariest noise, especially when it's dark outside mm -hmm. and you hear like a witch cackle. You're like, mm -hmm. so I can't imagine how terrifying that was. As I was shining the light on this creature and warning the other person there about the possible cougar, the eyes began to raise. The dim outline of the shape became well-defined, enough for me to realize that whatever this creature was, it was standing up. I just about shit myself. Me too, man. Me too. I've dealt with cougars and bears before, but I've never seen anything stand up as tall as this thing did. At full height, it was a bit under three meters tall. At this point, which is like nine feet, right? There's three feet in a meter? American schools. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Three feet in a meter. three feet in a meter. Um, anyways, at this point, I was thinking this was the biggest goddamn cougar I'd ever seen, and it's rearing up on its hind legs for some reason, but then it started to walk. It made slow circles around our fire on its hind legs, effortlessly moving through the meter of snow that surrounded our fire. Me and the other person there tried to keep an eye on it as it moved around the fire. Every once in a while, it would turn its head towards us, and I would catch the green glint of its eyes again. It made wider and wider circles until eventually we couldn't hear it anymore. The next morning, I went to look for tracks and got my camera out of my bag. Unfortunately, the combination of the morning snow, high winds, and lots of people walking around the fire with sh snowshoes made it so that no distinct prints were visible. I can for sure say what I saw, but I can say that the experience I believe in Bigfoot, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So that's the thing with, I think, a lot of stories is that no one can actually say, like, it was Big Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Like, when you look at stories and stuff like that and you're trying to, like, find things, a lot of people believe in Bigfoot, but they've never once said, like, 100% I saw it. Like, this guy's, like, something was standing nine feet up, but I don't know what it was, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it was Bigfoot. I feel like a lot of people I believe are, in Bigfoot. are just in denial about it. That could be true, too. But that would be, like, my That's first they say, thought. Like, oh, yeah. If I saw anything. Like, it could be, like, I don't know, another dog and be like, oh, my God, it's Bigfoot. Like... <laughs> That's just automatically where my mind's going to go if I'm in the woods in the middle of the night and I hear something. Yeah. Mm, I don't know if I would, my mind would immediately go to Bigfoot, but I would probably, like, flip out. If it was – like, when I saw those coyotes, like, I 
I think it's just because I knew there was coyotes in the area. My mind didn't go to to Bigfoot, but my mind went to wolf. Mm-hmm. Which apparently there's no wolves in Alabama, which is a lie. A Don't lie. believe anyone that said it is a lie. If you if you live in Alabama and you're like, there's no wolves, yes, there are. In like the 1980s or something, a whole bunch of red wolves released back into North Alabama. Yeah, I've seen wolves so, before. Yeah. So, guys. Anyways. So, one thing we're doing with this um, 13 Days of Halloween is we're telling you stories or TV shows to see and discuss and whatever may float your boat. And the first movie is The Sasquatch Gang, which isn't scary. I haven't seen it. Hillary's seen it. And she said it was similar to Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, it's got very Napoleon Dynamite vibes, and they go hunting for a Sasquatch. And it's just really campy and really funny. And if you need a break from scary things this month, that's a great movie to check out. Yes, but if you're in the mood for scary, and you're like, I don't want to watch Sasquatch Gang... There's also the Blair Witch Project, which we know is not Sasquatch-related, but it has to do with camping in the woods, and after our last episode, and then this episode, woods, camping, it just goes well together. Yeah. Blair Witch Project. Freaking which was terrifying. Terrifying. Out yeah. In the 90s. No, thank that you. That was, like, I know. top-notch scary movie when it came out, like... If you guys can't tell, Hillary likes scary movies, and I would rather not. <laughs> would rather not. Rather not. I've made it, like, five minutes. I think I've told you this. Maybe I've also told the podcast this, but I've made it, like, five minutes into Insidious, and then I tapped out. It's a good movie. Literally nothing scary happened. I was just so scared I was going to pee my pants. That's, really, that's like, a really good movie, though, and it's got a really scary part in it, too. Insidious. Yeah. I literally made it to where the little boy is climbing the ladder in the attic and falls. No. And I was like, okay, I'm done. No. <laughs> Connor was like, oh, what? <laughs> we barely watched it. There's nothing happened. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't do it. Well, this was a little bit different. We've been really off theme for the 13 days of Halloweens, but we wanted to mix it up because we're putting out an episode every single night. And so we didn't want to just talk Every about the same night. things over and over. So we hope that you guys like the selection that we're giving. <laughs> Tomorrow night, though, is going to get really scary. Should we tell them what we're talking Real about? Real scary. I mean, yeah, maybe so they can prepare yes. themselves. We're talking about Ouija boards and Ouija boards. bad experiences with Ouija boards. So you don't want to miss And how that to one. properly educate yourself on a Ouija board. But don't listen to us either. But don't listen to yeah. us. Properly educate yourself in other places first. And don't blame Megan and Hillary on more booze, please, if you do it, because no thank you. But we're really excited for that episode, and we hope you stay tuned. And be sure and let us know what you want to hear from us. After 13 days of Halloween, what else do you want to hear? We've got a lot of episodes um, in store for you guys for the next couple days until we get to Halloween. So tell us what you want us to hear or want us to do after. You can message us on Instagram or shoot us an email at moreboozepleaseplz at gmail.com with any urban legends or themes you want us to cover. Yeah, and be sure and send those emails to moreboozeplz at gmail.com. P-L-Z. We cannot say that enough. We love <laughs> to get listener stories, and we can't wait to share them on our future episodes. So if you have any hauntings of your own or any experiences of your own, like you've ever seen Bigfoot, send it our way. 
and tell us what you want out of this podcast. But while you're waiting on the next episode, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at More Booze Please. You can also like and review us on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get, the higher on the charts we climb, the more spooky stories you get to hear. And we also have a Patreon. Patreon. And until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>